Ed, the folks at home, were they able to sing with us or no? Were they able to tune into the singing or no? That's good. That's good. Might have more joining us virtually today than in person. Luke chapter 2. We just uh, celebrated Christmas yesterday. Hope everyone had a blessed Christmas. We had a great day yesterday. Um, in December, by the way, am I good, Ed? Good to go? In December 1903, after many attempts, the Wright brothers were successfully uh, were successful in getting their flying machine off the ground. Okay? Thrilled, they telegraphed this message to their sister Catherine. It said this, we have actually flown 120 feet. We'll be home for Christmas. Catherine hurried to the editor of the local newspaper and showed him the message. He glanced at it and said, how nice, the boys will be home for Christmas. He totally missed the big news, right? That man had flown, right? We'll talk today about how many, right, today make a similar mistake when they hear the word Christmas. Right? They miss the big news. Right? They miss it. They, they hear everything else, right? but they miss the big news. Remember last week, we were looking at this portion here in Luke chapter 2, and uh, we said that the, these angels, right, they, they were bringing to the shepherds good tidings, right? Good news, right? The gospel, right? The good news of Jesus Christ. And we said that that good news, right, it should cause celebration, right? So I hope this week was a week where you were able to celebrate the good news of the gospel. But not only that, right? We said how the, the good news of Jesus Christ can convey comfort, right? I don't know what everyone's going through right now, but maybe this holiday was a holiday of grieving or, or sorrow or just some difficulties that were going on, right? And, and the great thing is the good news of Jesus Christ can actually bring comfort, right? But not only that, we said sometimes... Right? The good news of Jesus Christ can actually create confrontation. Right? That's what the Lord Jesus did his whole time here on earth. All he did was preach the good news, and guess what? He was just confronted by so many times. Right? Whose authority do you have to talk like that? Right? And it's the same thing with us, right? That you know, when you go around telling the good news of Jesus Christ, part of that good news is telling the world, hey, listen, you're lost. You're a sinner. Right? Uh, you need to be saved. And so sometimes that creates confrontation there. But the great thing is that the good news of Jesus Christ also cultivates courage, right? We see that these angels, they're terrified. I mean, the angels, the shepherds, they're terrified, right? But after hearing the good news, they say, hey, listen, let's go. Let's go see this thing, which we just heard about, right? And so um, it's interesting that I... uh, this week, after I just had spoken last Sunday, talking about good news, one of my students in my class came up to me one morning and said, Mr. Clifford, I've got great news. I said, oh, really? What is it? He goes, tomorrow is my cat's birthday. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to share with you a little bit of how that relates to what I'm going to speak on today, right? But um, tomorrow is my cat's birthday. Okay, but take a look at Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 17. This is where we had kind of ended off yesterday. Um, we have read a couple of these verses, but Luke chapter 2, we're just going to look at four verses this morning. Um, it says, now when they had seen him, that's the shepherds, right? When the shepherds had seen the Christ child, 
they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. The Lord will bless the reading of his word again this morning. Let's just pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you again for your generosity. Thank you for giving us your son, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, we certainly are grateful uh, for your willingness to make yourself low, to humble yourself, to become a man, to go to the cross and to die for us. And um, we're just so thankful for the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're thankful that it reached each and every one of us here. And having heard that good news, we believed. And uh, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. And so uh, we're so thankful for this good news. And we're thankful that you've entrusted this good news to us to share with others. And we just pray even this morning as we look at some of these verses, this is good news, right? This is the word of God here. And we pray that uh, your word would not return to you void, that it would accomplish all that you've set forth for it to do in the hearts of each one of us here. In Jesus' name, amen. So listen, before we even get into these, these four verses here, just four points uh, I want to make, but really just three people we're looking at today, right, and, and their response to the gospel. We're going to look at the shepherds, we're going to look at those who heard what the shepherds said, and then we're going to look at Mary. We're going to look at Mary as well today. But, you know, yesterday I was, uh, yesterday, last week we were talking about what the good news does, right? But again, I just want to briefly, based on this uh, context here, this story, I want to tell you what the good news is, right? What the good news is. Uh, these angels had proclaimed these good tidings of great joy that were going to be for all people, right? And so the good news of Jesus Christ, first of all, based on this, it's personal. It's personal. Notice what the angel said. It says, for we bring, right, uh, from verse 11, for there is born to you. There is born to you. You see, the good news of Jesus Christ is personal. It's personal, Right? Um, Paul there, right? He says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ, right? Therefore, I no longer live, but the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, right? In the one who loved me and gave himself for me. The good news of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, is personal. It's personal. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and your sins. It was you he made alive. Not them, right? You. Psalm 23, right? We're all familiar with Psalm 23. Um, it says that the Lord is my shepherd. You see, everything hinges on the pronoun my. See, unless he is my shepherd, then the rest of the psalm does not belong to me. Brothers and sisters, the, 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 the good news of Jesus Christ, I want to remind you again this morning, is personal. It's personal. The angel said, for there is born to you. But not only that, the good news of Jesus Christ is present. It's present. It says, for there is born to you what? Not tomorrow. Not later on. Right? Not next month. Next year. The angel said, listen, for there is born to you this day, right now. You see, there's no more waiting, no need to delay, right? It's not good news that you have to wait for, right? So many for years, right? They had to wait for that good news. Years, it was prophesied and it was told, listen, a Savior would come, a Savior would come. And here's the great news about this message here is that it is present. 
right now. For there is born to you this day a Savior. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Now is the day of salvation. It's not something you have to wait for, right? It's not some good news that comes later on. There's no more waiting, no more delay. Now is the day of salvation. So this good news of Jesus Christ, not only is it personal, but it's present. Here's the great thing. The good news of Jesus Christ is practical, isn't it? They said to the shepherds there, for unto you is born this day a Savior. A Savior. You see, this is mankind's greatest need. <laughs> right? And that need has been met by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2, he says this. He says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. There is no news more practical than this news. <laughs> you were lost, right? You were separated from God because of your sin. And God knew that. And God sent a Savior who would save you from your sins. The, the good news of Jesus Christ is not just personal. It's not just present. It's not just practical. But you know what? It was actually prophecy fulfilled. It was prophecy fulfilled. They say, listen, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Who is it? It's the Messiah. It's Christ the Lord. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. The anointed one of Israel. He is the one that God promised to send. He fulfilled it. So as we consider the good news of Jesus Christ, again, I just want to remind you this morning that it's personal, right? It's personal, and it's present, and it's practical, and it's prophecy fulfilled for each and every one of us here. But there's just uh, four things I want to look at this morning in this portion here in verses 17 to 20. And the first one is this. We see the shepherds, right? The shepherds, they, they get this good news, right? And they say, hey, let's go. Let's go see this thing. And it says, and when they had seen him, when they saw Jesus, they made widely known the same of what was told them concerning this child. Everything that the shepherds had told them, the good news, right? The good news that the angels had told them, right? They made it known to everybody. And so the first thing we're going to look at is that we see here shepherds who speak. Shepherds who tell everyone what they've heard. It's interesting, right, that God would use shepherds, right, shepherds. Uh, why were the shepherds chosen by God? I mean, right, he could have sent the angels to some village people, right, to, I don't know, it's any, anybody, right? Uh, but he chose some shepherds who were out in the fields, and certainly there's a lot of sim symbolism there that we could uh, bring out. But I, I want to point out today that these, these shepherds, right, they were lowly, they were unknown, they were obscure, Right? One of the things I learned that was interesting is that Wearsby, he says this, is that he claims that shepherds, right, because they were so lowly, so unknown, so obscure, right, they weren't even allowed to testify in court. Interesting. Right? They were, they were not permitted in court. They were not allowed to testify. They were not allowed to be a witness, a shepherd. Okay? Now you see how interesting that is, right? Is that God, right, would use these humble shepherds, to be the first human witnesses that prophesy had been fulfilled. 
They were the first witnesses that God chose. If in fact that was true, what Wearsby says that they even weren't even allowed to be witnesses in court. And yet God says, okay, those are my, my, those are my guys. <laughs> They're going to be my witnesses to the fact that now prophecy has been fulfilled and that the Messiah had been born. Brothers and sisters, last week I was trying to tell you that, that the good news cultivates courage, right? <clears throat> and one of the reasons why we need courage sometimes is I think we feel, right, sometimes when it comes to the good news of Jesus Christ, right, do you ever feel like so poor, so uneducated, so unworthy, right, that the Almighty can't use you? I think we all do at times, right? If God can use shepherds, <laughs> Lowly, obscure, okay? unknown ones. Why can't he use you? You know, one of the things that I feel happens here is, you know, these these uh, shepherds, right? They heard. I mean, tremendous. Think about how they heard the news. Um, from an angel and then having the whole host of angels there, right? Um, but it would seem to me, right, as it was after they saw the child, right? Because it says there, it says after they saw, right? It says, now when they had seen, that's when they made widely known all that was told them uh, from the angels. And so it was almost as if like having seen the infant Savior the shepherds' hearts were overflowing with excitement and joy. They were just so excited they couldn't contain themselves. Right? They had to tell others. Um, they could not keep it in. Right? And so, who are they telling? Right? I think they're telling Mary and Joseph. Right? I don't know if anybody else is there right now. As you read later on, they're not retur- they haven't returned yet, so they're making widely known everything that happened to Mary and Joseph. Right? Um, and perhaps maybe there's other people around that area, maybe that they, they could uh, tell them as well. But I just think it's so cool that here are these angels, right? God chose angels to tell the good news to the shepherds, right? And now the shepherds, they were taking the place of the angels, weren't they? That's all angel means, right? An angel is a messenger, right? And so here now these shepherds, these lowly, obscure, unknown shepherds, they're like angels in the sense that Now they have the tremendous privilege of being messengers themselves. They get to tell Joseph and Mary everything that was told to them. You know, an ant has four pairs of ears. Did you know that? Yeah. It's got a pair in the head. It's got a pair in the front feet. It's got a pair in the thorax. And it's got a pair of ears in the abdomen. And so I don't know if you guys ever noticed this, but if... If you have some kind of sugar or some bread or something in your pantry, in your kitchen, right, and you leave it there for a little while, I'm not saying that ever happens in my house. Everything gets cleaned up very quickly in our house. Um, but in the summertime, sometimes you come down and guess what you'll see there? This, this little line, this little trail of what? Of ants, right? Have you ever thought about how that happens? Well, I'll tell you, okay? There's one ant, right? He finds a piece of bread, he finds a, a sugar, and he's walking back and he meets a scout. And you know what he does? It actually, it says that he takes his front feet, he puts down what he's carrying, he takes his front feet, and he feels the head of the other ant, the scout. And what he's doing is he's telling him where he got the bread, where he got the sugar. And that scout, sure enough, he goes over, he finds some bread, some sugar, and guess what he does? 
he carries over, and anybody he passes along the way, any ants, guess what he does? He puts down what he's carrying, he touches their head with his front legs, and he says, hey, listen, this is where I got it. And before you know it, you will have a whole bunch of ants in your pantry. Okay? Right? It isn't long before the entire, the whole outfit is coming into your kitchen. Do you see what the lesson is? We have found, right, God's grace. In fact, we can make it even better, right? We have found the honey, right? You have an opportunity to tell people where you found the living water, where you found the living bread. Right? How excited are you to tell other people what you found? So that everybody you come in contact with, you put down whatever you're doing, you say, listen, let me tell you where I found this living water. Where did I find this living bread? The shepherds, they couldn't contain themselves. They haven't seen the Christ child. They had, to, they had to just make known everything they had seen and heard. What has Christ done for you? Why are you keeping it to yourself? Right? Aren't you so full of excitement and joy that you just can't contain yourself? You think about what Christ did for you. You know, as I said here, this is just called the shepherd's speak. That's all God's asking us to do, right? After what you've seen, right? After hearing what you've heard, right? God says, just go tell people. Just open your mouth. In Acts chapter 4, verse 20, remember Peter and John, they were forbid to use the name Jesus. Right? But here's what he says. We cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. We have no other choice. Is that true of us? Are we like the ant? Or everybody we come in contact with, listen, let me tell you where I got the living water. Let me tell you where I got the living bread. We cannot but speak of the things which we've seen and heard. But not only that, um, not only do the shepherds speak, but we see the audience is amazed. Right? It says here that um, all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So certainly it would seem that, uh, that there were other people that they told even before they returned home. It would seem as if the shepherds made known all the things that they'd seen and heard, not just to Mary and Joseph, but to others as well, um, perhaps in that area, right? But, but I wanted to note something here. Is, is, um, it says here that all those who heard it marveled, right? Note that nothing is said about the hearers, right, the audience, seeking out the child to substantiate the shepherd's claim. You remember the shepherds, right? When they heard, what did they say? Well, let's go. Let's, let's see this thing that we just heard about. But there's nothing recorded here where those who heard what the shepherds said, that they actually seek out the Christ child. Right? And if, you're, if you hear, hey, listen, the Messiah is here, you would think, hey, let's go see the Messiah. But at least in here, there's nothing recorded to, to suggest that they would substantiate the claim of the shepherds. It just says that they marveled. right? They wondered about what they heard. There, there's no evidence, at least here, that they responded as the shepherds did who hastened to see the sight. 
I wonder if the audience here, right, they represent so many people where they were so close, yet so far. Right? How many people today are amazed at Jesus? How many people today, especially this time of year, they, they, there's a wonder of Christmas, right? They marvel at the things that they hear. It's amazing to me how many of my colleagues, whether through texts or cards, say things like, oh, unto us a Savior is born. I'm thinking, what? Do you even know what you're talking about? But there's something about this time of year where people are amazed. They're mar- they marvel at it. They wonder at it. They marvel at Jesus and that, and that something was different about this man. But they never go further than he was just a good man. They never seek to find him in the Gospels. Right? They never witness his empty tomb, so to speak. They never seek to substantiate the claim of who he is, who he claimed to be. From the very beginning of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ caused people to marvel and to be amazed. Unfortunately then, as now, much of that amazement produced not commitment, but mere curiosity. You see, when the shepherds heard the good news of the Savior's birth, they immediately sought him out. But all that is said of those to whom they witnessed is that they wondered. They wondered. After their initial amazement wore off, most of them probably just went on with their lives as if nothing had ever happened. I wonder for us too, right? Uh, How many of us come January or February, the all that we're amazed with this time of year, the wonder of it all, does it wear off? Someone was mentioning to me, like, hey, listen, we can do this Sunday school play in January. Absolutely. All right? We don't have to celebrate the incarnation of Christ just on December. All right? Don't let the initial amazement of hearing about Jesus wear off. Don't let the life and ministry of Jesus produce mere curiosity and not commitment. You know, I was fortunate to um, trust Jesus Christ at a young age. But I hear many people who testify that, right, when they, let's say they get saved later in life, how they're so excited, right? When they first come to know Jesus Christ, they're all excited. and they, They're telling everybody, right? Has that worn off, right? Has the amazement of what Jesus has done for you just worn off a little bit? That's what happened to these people. I think the, this, these audience that these shepherds saw, they were amazed, but that's it. Nothing, nothing came of it. Right? It didn't bring out commitment, just mere curiosity. They wondered. Right? So not only do we see shepherds who speak and we see an audience that's amazed, but we see Mary meditated. Mary meditated. It says she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. To ponder means to reflect deeply on something. To give thorough or deep consideration to what just happened. It means bringing together for comparing and weighing facts. After hearing the word from the shepherds, Mary's response, right, which is interesting, shepherd's response was, hey, let's go tell everybody, right? Mary's response 
was with quiet reflection and meditation. I think they're both necessary, right? We want to be like the shepherds who speak of all that we've seen and heard, right? We, we, the excitement and the joy of seeing Jesus and, and hearing Jesus, right, makes us want to tell everybody. There's something important, too, about taking what we've seen and what we've heard, right, and quietly reflecting on it. I think here Mary provides that example for us, right? Don't, don't forget to not only consider carefully, right, the things of Christ, but notice what she did here. Mary did not ponder these things and treasure these things in her mind, did she? Where did she, where did she keep them? It says that Mary treasured these things in her heart, right? In her heart. Okay. Um, and so I think that's a, a, a good lesson for us too. Is this, again, this time of year, right? We consider the incarnation of God and we consider the reason why he came. We consider the death of our Savior, the resurrection of our Savior. Do we ever just take a moment? And Joe Pratt even encouraged us that, right? A few weeks ago, that the importance of meditation, contemplation, getting those times where we're quiet with the Lord and we just reflect on all those things that we read and hear and see. There's a, uh, a woman named Joni Yoder. Um, she tells of an experience that drew her attention to that first Christmas. It was mid-December, and she says that she gave birth prematurely uh, to a much-wanted son. She says, as our tiny Tim struggled for life, he was rushed to another hospital. Then miles away from us, he died all alone. She said Christmas that year was not jolly, but grievous. She goes, in our grief, however, God gave us a moving glimpse of his original Christmas. We saw that God also experienced empty arms. But in a much greater way, his baby son had been born to die, a death that would bring eternal life to us all. Like Mary, she says, we cherished and pondered these thoughts in our hearts. Slowly, the unhappiness that had threatened to diminish the meaning of Christmas enlarged it instead. In time, that Christmas, that Christmas where they lost their son, became the most meaningful one we've ever had. The reason I share that with you is because here in her testimony, she says, right, it didn't happen initially, right? She took the things that God was showing her and she pondered them. She thought on those things. It took a while, (laughs) right? But it it was through reflection, it was through meditation, right? Even in as difficult as a time that was for her and her husband, right? She could actually say that that's one of their most meaningful Christmases now. And so think of Mary here, Mary. Um, everything that's just transpired, right? There's no room for you. You you put your, you had your child amongst animals, um, <laughs> your child in a in a feeding trough, and here come shepherds, shepherds telling you everything that they've seen and heard, right? And she's quietly reflecting on these things. She's pondering them in her heart. Right? Once again, right? Christmas this year will be unavoidably sad for many people. But take heart. 
does not need to be Mary in order to be meaningful, right? It's the Christ of Christmas that we celebrate, not Christmas itself. So church, I would challenge you to ponder him. Ponder Christ. Think deeply on him. Quietly reflect on who he is, what he's done for you. Even amidst that, this might not be a very happy Christmas for you, right? We could still celebrate Christ, the Christ of Christmas. And then the last thing you'll see here is not only do we see shepherds who speak, we don't see an audience that's amazed or Mary meditating, but we see these herdsmen honoring. Okay? These herdsmen, these shepherds, right? It says, then they returned. So after this time that they were with Mary and Joseph and they made well known to whoever was around there, they went back, right? They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard that was told to them. They had reason to praise God, right? How many hear and see and yet never respond? Never praise God. I think, C.S. Lewis actually said this, but he goes, I think we delight in praising what we enjoy. Right? Because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. He says this, he goes, it's not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are or how much they love each other. Okay? The delight is incomplete until it's expressed. I think that's true. Right? I think it's true that we delight in praising those things that we enjoy. Okay? And so again, if that's the case where, right, everything that we have heard, everything that we have seen, it doesn't create a response in us, right? It doesn't cause us to praise God, then perhaps we don't enjoy Him as we should. Well, certainly we enjoy the lights and the presence and the, the activities and all the things that happen, the family and the, the fellowship, right? We enjoy those things. But do you enjoy Christ? Do you enjoy Him? Do you delight yourself in Him? Okay. If we do, then I think we'll be like the shepherds, right? I think they delighted in seeing the Christ child. So as they went back, they were praising and glorifying God for everything they've seen and heard. Right, so let's return to our homes today, glorifying and praising God. Right, let's return to our neighborhoods today, glorifying and praising God. Right, let's return to our workplaces next week, glorifying and praising God. Whatever it is that you're returning to today, next week, in the coming month, Right? Do it praising and worshiping and glorifying God. Right? Because we enjoy Him. The shepherds, right? They responded with praise and worship and witness. The people who heard their report responded with amazement, but no commitment. And Mary responded with quiet reflection. How will you respond to the good news of the birth of Jesus, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you again for 
becoming a man, um, making yourself low. Lord Jesus, uh, we confess that sometimes uh, the things of this world delight us more than you. Lord Jesus, may this Christmas season again renew our hearts, um, give back to us again the, the, the joy of knowing you, that we would delight ourselves in you, that as we see you um, in whatever it is, as we see you in perhaps in uh, the lives of others, or we see you in the works of your creation, or if we see you in your precious word, as we see you and as we hear you, um, may it delight our hearts uh, that we would be like the shepherds and that we would make widely known all that we have seen and heard, that we'd be like the ant and tell everybody where we found that living bread, where we found that living water. Also, may we be like Mary, that we would quietly reflect on these things. Give us time to ponder Christ to think deeply of Him. Help us not to, to after some time, just kind of lose the wonder of it all. As so many have done, as they, they're amazed, they marvel, and yet it just produces mere curiosity, no commitment. So we pray as we return home today that You would help us to praise and to glorify Your name for you are certainly worthy of it. We thank you. We love you. Your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.